Hey everybody, Melvin here. Fire you can't put out. I want to thank you all so much for being here. So let's talk about the Founding Fathers. Oh goodness, why, why, why start there? We hear so much about the Founding Fathers all the time. The Founding Fathers this and the Founding Fathers that. This sort of seems to be the go-to answer for everything. Why? Well, the Founding Fathers, how about, what about, the as if for infallible deification of the Founding Fathers goes on. So I recently became aware of a book um, about Jefferson. And Jefferson is one of these historical figures where I've read things about him that I agreed with him on, that I liked, and uh, of all the people I could talk to in history, this is definitely one of those folks that's at, at, at right at the top. I have, I have all kinds of questions for Jefferson. But this last week, I ended up with about a thousand more questions. Wow, right? Like maybe I read something about him, which I did. Maybe I read something glowing about him, which I did not. When we talk about the Founding Fathers, and, and it makes sense to me now that white people, especially white conservatives, keep going back to the Founding Fathers and why Trump was able to successfully run on the slogan of Make America Great Again. There really is, there really is a lot of people that long for that time, the time of the Founding Fathers. Well, life was a little more simple then. You know, and we didn't have all these different genders or whatever you want to have all these black people being free. I mean, whatever, whatever these folks want to say. And the book that I was reading about Jefferson, and I've not finished it yet, talks about his children. So Sally Hemings was his, was his, was one of his slaves, a female slave, obviously. And she had children with him. Records were not great back then with respect to births and deaths and all the rest. I anticipate uh, if we ever were able to dig up any sort of a record, we would find out uh, and it didn't matter because they were shot, bled out when they went on without anesthesia. Yeah, that's a thing that happened in history. I imagine if we had those numbers, they would be in the hundreds of thousands, potentially millions. This is America's original sin. And all the things I've read about Jefferson, his philosophy, the Jefferson Bible. Are you, you, are you aware of the Jefferson Bible? This is where Jefferson, and I think this is brilliant, took the Bible and cut out all of the miracles. And the Jefferson Bible to this day is still in print. So Jesus becomes more of a philosopher than he does a, a magic man. And I, I so the philosophies of Jesus uh, are, are a lot of my philosophies too. Um, I do not believe in Jesus. I do not subscribe to, uh, I do not subscribe to Christianity, but the ideas I go, yeah, those are my ideas too. Yeah. And those are great ideas. Obviously those are not conservative ideas, even though conservatives love Jesus. It gets, it gets really confusing. But when I learn about things like the Jefferson Bible, I go, yeah, this is somebody I, I definitely want to get to know more about. And the thing that I never considered or, or never considered in any serious way was the fact that he was a slave owner and not just a slave owner. Um, one of his slaves had children with him. 
several children. Now, you'll find anywhere, anywhere in the conservative blogosphere or anywhere else where they'll defend this particular relationship between Jefferson and Sally Hemings. And they'll say, hey, you know, maybe they were really in love, right? Maybe maybe she wasn't just identifying with her captor. Maybe she really had it for him, you know, because he was one of the founding fathers. He's such a good guy. No, no, you can't trap somebody and enslave them and then say that they fell for you because they would have fallen for you otherwise. That's not fair. And what about Jefferson's children? Did Jefferson's children get any sort of special treatment? No, they didn't. Did they get better clothing, nicer clothing, a better education? Maybe, not likely. And then, of course, let's say that this was some sort of a loving relationship between, between Jefferson and Sally Hemings. Where do the kids go? This is during a time when if you've got white skin, that's all that matters. And if you've got dark skin, if you've got pigments in your skin, then that means you need to be chained up and sent out to the field. So where do Jefferson's children go? They're his children, but they're obviously going to have that tint in their skin. There are good things in the Constitution. Yes, there are. But I've noticed that when people talk about the Constitution, they talk about it in a way that it is this most perfect document, that it's not a living thing. You know what, you know what that means? You understand what that means when I say a living, a living document? If it's, if it's a living document, then that means that it, it, would, it, should, it should and it will change with the times. Obviously, the United States is a far different place than it was 250 years ago. So not every single thing in the Constitution can still apply. But we treat it as this infallible document written by an infallible group of men. But all of the men that wrote it were white. All of the men that wrote it were landowners. And this isn't everybody. This is, just, this is the rich people. And the way America came to be, and it was, this was pointed out to me by my wife, because I've recently been calling Americans a bunch of ungovernable crybabies who are completely incapable of following the rules. Once again, the CDC is calling for us to just, you know what, it didn't work the first time because y'all didn't do it right, so why don't you do it now? Shut the country down for eight weeks Start all over again, and let's see if we can do it right this time. And then just yesterday, the President of the United States went on TV after the CDC asked us to do that, to save lives and eradicate the disease. The President went on TV and said, things are not opening fast enough. And I said, why, 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 why can't we follow the rules? Why can't we do things right? Why are all these white people having tantrums? Why? And my wife turns to me and says, this country was started based on a tantrum. And that hit me a little bit. She says, yeah, we didn't want to follow the rules in Europe either. And so we left. 
and we started our own country. And then once we got here, we realized all the work that needed to be done. And we don't want to do that work ourselves. So we brought in all these black folks over here on slave ships to do it for us. Yo. <laughs> um, my wife is, you know, she knows as much history as anybody. But she ain't in this stuff like I'm in this stuff. And sometimes it takes an outsider. And when she said that, I go, my goodness. You're right. A bunch of ungovernable... We've, we are. And we are because we've always been. And the folks that are screaming about how they don't want to wear their masks right now, they are, from what I've seen up to this point, all white. Not, and then, you know, they're not just dudes. They're male and female. They're all white. And I go, ah... These are the Trump people. There was a couple of folks recently that decided to walk into a Walmart with the swastika on their face. Okay, they were Trump supporters, so they're wearing a swastika on their face. That makes sense. But then they said they're, they're doing it in protest because we're turning into a socialist country because we're being told to wear masks during a pandemic. Uh, I'll just give you a minute to slap yourself on the forehead. And oh my goodness, I can't believe these people are out there. And yeah. And they go, well, what the fudge? It's the Constitution. The Constitution says I don't have to. Oh, the Constitution says that you don't have to wear a mask. But the Constitution says that we can have slaves. Well, not anymore because, you know, we abolish slavery. Yeah, but it's still in the Constitution that if you go to prison, we can enslave you. That's in the Constitution. So... I think the time is up for the at least the current version of the Constitution. People love it. Uh, conservatives love it. Not because it's perfect, but because it takes America back to and keeps America in the Dark Ages. The men that wrote it were white slave owners. Every single one of them. And they saw, even though they wrote all men are created equal, they saw white supremacy as, as the way. As the Christian way. Have you ever seen a picture of black Jesus? There are some out there. But they're rare. The pictures of Jesus are overwhelmingly white, even though Jesus was a Middle Eastern guy. Why? White supremacy. And this level of white supremacy continues to permeate, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. Um, even some of these brand, brand names that you are familiar with are spreading white supremacy around the world, like L'Oreal. Let me explain. So this is from AP. Uh, the headline, Whitening Creams Undergo a Makeover but colorism persists. Quoting here from the United Arab Emirates, the world's biggest cosmetic companies have been selling a fairy tale that goes something like this. If your husband's lost interest in you, if your colleagues dismiss you at work, if your talents are ignored, whiten your skin to turn your love life around, to boost your career and to command center stage. This is real. No company has had greater success peddling this message across Asia 
Africa and the Middle East, then Unilever's Fair and Lovely brand, which sells millions of tubes of skin lightening cream annually for as little as $2 a piece in India. And in case you're curious about who Unilever is, Unilever, is, they make a lot of uh, uh, cosmetics and toiletries, but they're the makers of Lever 2000, the soap. The 45-year-old brand earns the Anglo-Dutch conglomerate Unilever more than $500 million in yearly revenue in India alone, according to the Jeffries Financial Analysts. Following decades of pervasive advertising promoting the power of lighter skin, a rebranding is hitting shelves globally, but it's unlikely that fresh marketing by the world's biggest brands in beauty will reverse deeply rooted prejudices around colorism. The idea that fair skin is better than dark skin. Unilever said it's removing words like fair and white and light from its marketing and packaging, explaining the decision as a move for, uh, forward toward a, a more inclusive vision of beauty. Unilever's Indian subsidiary, uh, Hindustan Unilever Unlimited, said the fair and lovely brand will instead be known as glow and lovely. It still lightens your skin, so it doesn't really change anything. French cosmetics giant L'Oreal followed suit, saying it too would remove similar words from its products. Johnson & Johnson said it would stop selling Neutrogena's fairness and skin whitening lines altogether. So Unilever, L'Oreal, Johnson & Johnson, these companies pushing and benefiting from white supremacy around the world. The makeover is happening in the wake of mass protests against racial injustice following the death of George Floyd, a black man pinned to the ground by a white police officer in the United States. Activists to counter aggressive marketments from Egypt to Malaysia founded the Dark is Beautiful campaign in India more than a decade ago to counter perceptions that lighter skin is more beautiful than naturally darker skin. She said multinational companies like Unilever did not initiate skin tone bias, but they have capitalized on it. Endorsing such a belief for 45 years is definitely quite damaging, she said, adding that it has eroded self-worth of many young women across India. Historically, throughout North Africa and Asian, darker skin has been associated with poor laborers who work in the sun, unlike in Western culture, where tanned skin is often a sign of time for leisure and beauty. The ancient Hindu caste system has held or helped uphold some of the bias with darker skinned people often seen as untouchable and relegated to the dirtiest jobs such as cleaning sewage. The power of whiter, fairer skin in many countries was further reinforced by European rule and later by Hollywood and Bollywood film stars who lightened their skin and appeared in skin lightening ads. Uh, if you'll remember the controversy about the Oscars a few years ago, um, Oscars So White, the hashtag, Unilever said in an announcement that it recognizes the use of, uh, of the words fair and white and light that, that suggest a singular ideal of beauty uh, that we don't think is right, they said. Instead, the statement referred to products that deliver glow, even tone, skin clarity, and radiance. La da 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 da. L'Oreal went on, for example, and said, blah, 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 blah. L'Oreal also has a dark and lovely line that they sell um, in parts of the United States. But if they do it with this hand, and then not with this hand, but the action is coming from the exact same body, it's still not right. And then there's this from the New York Times. 
Trump moves to roll back Obama-era rules addressing housing discrimination. The program combated racial segregation in suburban housing. Um, and the reason they said that it had to be overturned is because it amounted to federal overreach. So this is redlining. This is um, not, lo not loaning people, A, it's not loaning people money uh, to buy a house in a particular neighborhood. That's redlining. It's also keeping low-income housing out of a particular area. It's just housing discrimination. Pure and simple. It's not overreach. It's housing discrimination. And part of the government's job is to not promote housing discrimination. You're not supposed to discriminate against anybody. But because Obama did it and because they helped black people, and even though Trump likes to say he helps black people, he doesn't. He does the opposite. He went ahead and overturned this rule. And just to make things crystal clear... He then sent out a tweet. And a lot of his racism is dog whistle. But with this one, he's just decided to get rid of the whistle. And just straight up say it. And he tweeted out just yesterday that you don't have to, that suburbanites, you don't have to worry about those low-income people moving into your neighborhood and lowering the value of your house. What he's effectively saying is black people uh, or white people, you don't have to live around these black people anymore. And you should thank him for that. And you should make sure to vote for him in November. And then the economic numbers came out. So he decided to say that maybe we shouldn't have the election uh, until a much, much later date when maybe when his poll numbers are higher. That'd be a great time to have an election. And I understand black folk that, that, that promote, stand behind, blah, 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 Donald Trump. Everything he's doing against the black community right now. Oh, speaking of which, Herman Cain died. Herman Cain. I've made a fair amount of jokes about Herman Cain on this show. Um, rest his soul and all the rest. But Herman Cain was one of these conservatives. Did not believe in the coronavirus. Died from the coronavirus. Sad. Rest in peace to that, uh, to that man. And so as we get closer and closer to the election, um, the president is becoming steadily more and more and more racist. Now remember... He did this last time, and it didn't hurt him. He did all this super racist stuff last time, and he still won. And I know the polls look bad for Trump, and they look good for Biden, but I just want to say something, everybody. Don't sleep on him, okay? Because he will win again if you do not keep up the fight. And if you think being responsible for the negligent homicide of 150,000 Americans will turn anybody, especially his base, against him. You clearly do not know the life without consequence that he has lived up until this point. I am in Washington State. There is a 
5, 5.7% positivity rate for the coronavirus in Washington state. And with that, our governor um, has shut everything down again. Um, it's not exactly the way it was, but it goes like this. Uh, weddings can happen, but no receptions. Nobody has a wedding because weddings are 10 minutes. Everybody has a reception. So that effectively means that my business, uh, at least with respect to weddings in Washington, is shut down for the rest of the year as of August 6th. Also as of August 6th, if you're going to dine out, if you're going to consume alcohol in a public place, it has to be outside. No more inside. Why? Because we figured out that the transmission happens a lot easier and a lot faster inside. And so here come all of the people screaming that Inslee is killing businesses and they're sending out these lists of all the businesses that have gone out of business in Washington State as of this year. And clearly it's all Inslee's fault. And I heard somebody say this um, no, 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 it was a, it was written down. Forgive me. Um, there's this list going around uh, online of all these businesses in Washington that have gone out of business this year, and it says this is the death, the business death list for all the businesses that have been killed by Isley because he shut down the businesses. And somebody said to the poster, um, "Would you rather this be a list of dead businesses, or would you rather this be a list of dead people?" And of course, there was zero response to that. And I looked through the list and there was quite a few businesses in there that had announced that they were going to shut down this year anyway before the coronavirus came around. So we can't expect any sort of a um, of, of honesty from the conservative groups. Sorry, I know that not all conservatives are bad, but if you put out that death list and you're sharing it right now and you believe it and you wish that we had more dead people instead of dead businesses, you're not one of the good ones periodically I will I, I'm, I'm mad because I'm losing money tens of thousands of dollars this year I am losing money so who am I mad at am I mad at my governor am I mad at Inslee no no the amount of lives that have been saved by my governor's actions are measurable and they're backed up by evidence they're real easy to prove because you can just look at the red states where they did nothing and they're getting pounded. A lot of the red states in the United States have more cases and more deaths than countries 10 times or 100 times their size. Like China. As much as the racists love to call this the China virus, their deaths and infection rate is nowhere near what ours is. Oh, and by the way, they have it under control. But we... All these ungovernable crybabies, we can't seem to do the same thing. So who am I mad at? No, I'm not mad at the governor. I've lost a lot of money this year. Or simply didn't make a lot of money this year. But I'm not mad at the governor. I'm mad at all the crybaby, anti-mask, supposedly pro-business conservatives who are screaming about how we should just leave everything open so the what? So that everyone can get sick and die? I mean, how quickly we have forgotten the Sweden experiment. They left everything open. They let everything go. Yeah, their economy was saved for a little bit. Then came the deaths. Four, 
eight, ten times as high as anywhere, anywhere else in the world. And they still had to shut down their economy. And the parts of the economy that weren't shut down by the government were shut down by the people. Because the people said, uh-uh, we're not going to go out there, we're not going to get sick, and we're not going to die. Oh, hey, I got my coronavirus test back. Melvin has tested negative. Otherwise, I would not be recording this show right now because obviously I could give you the Rona through the radio. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't resist. Anyway, but I did. I tested negative. But problem, um, it took me a week to get a negative test. Yeah. So testing's pretty readily available in my area. Um, there's a place right around the corner for me that does testing. Uh, obviously, no charge because of the CARES Act. There's no charge. Um, so... I went over there and got it done. But yeah, it took me a week to get my results back. How many people did I encounter during that week that I could have gotten sick? And that's the problem. But what I did is after I got my test, I became pretty vigilant about wearing a mask. Uh, and that is not faded, by the way. And really watched out who I was around so that if I did get a positive test back, I wasn't going to have to go back through my week and tell everybody, hey, you might want to go get tested because I just tested positive. We're not a developed country. We're not a videl- excuse me, we're not a developing country. We're not a third world country, but yet we still don't have uh, universal testing um, or enough labs so that the results of those tests are available to us right away. But hey, y'all wanted Trump to be president, so And since I'm talking about Portland, I just want to point out something about the Portland protests. Um, and I, I live in Southwest Washington, so I effectively live in Portland. And they're calling them looter, looters and they're calling them writers and all this other crap, whatever conservative BS. Um, but let me say this. I don't think that people are born as looters. People are born as writers. And I think it takes a long time for the handful of people that have gotten to that point to get to that point. It takes a long time. I think it takes a lot of pressure for them to get to that point. And so... I don't think it's at all fair to say that they are that way and it's their fault. The overwhelming majority of what's happening in Portland, and I've seen it with my own eyes, is peaceful. Trump's goons that came out here from the federal government, they're making everything worse, a thousand times worse. Those, they would have probably dispersed out there now, but they're going up against Trump's troops because Trump is occupying an American city. This is real. But I just want to say this. People do not protest when their needs are met. Donald Trump is running ads online and on TV right now about how this is what Joe Biden's America will look like if he doesn't get to be president again, even though those are pictures from his America and he's president right now. If you remember nothing else, if you watch none of the coverage about what's happening on the streets right now with respect to the people that are are marching in favor of social justice, remember this. People do not protest when their needs are met. When their needs are not met and their politicians do not listen to them, this is how they get a redress for their grievances. Two more quick things and then I'm a bounce. For those of you conservatives that don't want to wear masks because you're pretty sure the government's just trying to take, just trying to make you a socialist. Or for those of you that uh, don't want to get a vaccine because you're pretty sure that the government's just going to chip you. Uh, on the first thing, you're effing nuts. And on the second thing, you're effing nuts. Oh, and by the way, you already have a chip in you and you paid for the chip and you pay a monthly fee for the chip. You, you moron. 
But if this will help you wear a mask, I'll say it anyway. If you, as a, as a ding-dong conspiracy theorist conservative, are worried about all the facial recognition technology that's out there, masks are obscuring that technology and effectively breaking it, making it completely useless. There's an article about it over at The Verge. Go check it out. And then the final thing, ownership, media ownership. Dr. Fauci has an approval rating that's almost 70%. Why is it not 100%? Well, because about 30% of this country is made of Trumpers. And Trumpers do not subscribe to facts or science. Period. Full stop. And because Fauci is so popular, and Fauci has been so right so much, the president has decided to lash out at him. The president's uh, handlers um, and the people that um, sniff his crotch for him have written op-eds about how Dr. Fauci is wrong about everything. Uh, Trump has tweeted out and said terrible things about Dr. Fauci. And now, Sinclair Broadcasting. You may not be aware of this because of the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which was passed by Congress and signed by a Democratic president. I forget the makeup of Congress at that time. But it changed the ownership rules for radio stations and TV stations. And now Sinclair has thousands of stations across the nation. And all, all those thousands of stations have to run the white supremacist propaganda that is created and made for them to run. They have to run it. It's called a must-run piece. And recently, there was, a, there was a, an, an anti-Dr. Fauci piece that was produced by Sinclair Broadcasting. And all of the Sinclair stations were, were it was a must. They have to run this thing against, like this, this hit piece on Dr. Fauci. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see the problem, folks? Friends and neighbors, do you see the problem? One of the things that has made us a bunch of ungovernable crybabies is because that's in our DNA. That's how the U.S. started. The other thing are, of course, these airtight bubbles that we go into in cyberspace that only tell us the things that we want to hear and nothing that we do not want to hear. And the other thing is obviously media ownership. Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook has decided that, yeah, he doesn't just want another term of Trump. He wants Trump to be president for life because Trump has promised that he will not break up Facebook. That's a problem. Sinclair Broadcasting is owned and run by a bunch of corporatist white supremacists. And now they're forcing their local TV stations who do not realize that all these Sinclair stations have one freaking owner. They're forcing all these stations to push white supremacy and, and to push corporatist propaganda, to push racist propaganda all the time. This is a problem. And these companies need to be broken up. We need to bring back the corporate death penalty. Facebook is too large. It has to be broken up. Amazon has to be broken up. Sinclair Broadcasting has to be broken up. The Telecommunications Act of 1996 has to be broken up. You want to know why we're a bunch of ungovernable crybabies? Why we don't know which end is up? Why we can't figure anything out? Why we can't do something as simple as, as wear a mask and hunker down for eight weeks while we eradicate one of the most dangerous viruses to hit our land in some time? It's because we can't get good information. Or we can, but we simply opt to not get good information. 
because we only want to accept the information that aligns with what we already believe. See, we don't seek out information to get educated. We seek out information to reaffirm what we already believe. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. That's not supposed to be how you absorb or process information, and that is not how a country remains free. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on the fire you can't put out. Our official home is tfycpo.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, the fire you can't put out. I believe I'm only like one or two of that name that's on there. Uh, tfycpo at gmail.com. If you uh, you hate me or you love me or you just want to send me death threats, go ahead, kids. You know how to find me. Um, we work hard not only to inform and entertain, but also to keep an open dialogue with you, the listener. We are the fire you can't put out, and we will project. <laughs> we will prevail. I'm gonna leave that in there. Rejecting austerity in favor of prosperity. Special thanks to Kevin for producing, and thank you for listening. This is Melvin signing off. And now that I have woke you up, stay woke, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning.